Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Fresh Apps Podcast. This podcast is all about store apps and the partners that bring them to you. Today, we're uh, happy to have with us uh, Cerna Solutions and Roger Enriquez, who is a integration architect with Cerna. And we're going to be talking about their uh, Capio automated testing application for ServiceNow. So we've also got along today a special bonus uh, expert, uh, Dave Slusher, who's a platform evangelist at ServiceNow. And so Dave will be uh, helping me uh, with the questions and asking uh, some kind of expert level stuff uh, uh, to Roger about uh, how the solution works. So uh, with that, uh, let's get started. So first of all, welcome, Roger, and, and thank you for joining. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Um, so, hey, we're, we're very interested in Capio. Um, but before we get to that, maybe you could just give the audience, uh, you know, an overview of, of Cerna and kind of what you guys do. Yeah, sure, sure. Absolutely. Um, so Cerna Solutions, uh, we're a privately owned company and we're headquartered in San Diego, uh, although we have um, partners and projects all over the U.S., um, we're primarily focused on ServiceNow, actually exclusively. Um, you know, we do a lot of ITSM, HR, GRC, security, CMS, discovery. The, the, ServiceNow is huge, uh, and we're definitely involved in all of that as well. Um, we're huge fans of the platform um, since we've you know been in the organizations and see the value it provides. Um, and in addition to that, we provide uh, applications such as Capio um, to help further users uh, with onboarding on ServiceNow. Cool. Um, you've actually got a couple of apps in the store already, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, we have a hybrid. Uh, basically, that helps uh, automate Okta workflows. Um, and in addition to that, we also have a meeting management uh, tool called TrackMeet. Cool. Awesome. All right. So um, maybe uh, tell us about your role at Cerna, what you do, and, and kind of uh, you know what your what your day looks like at Cerna. Sure. Um, so uh, by title, integrations architect, um, you know, we'll uh, I'll jump into uh, different companies, help them integrate with maybe other platforms besides ServiceNow. Um, you know, of course, the usual um, SAP integrations or maybe uh, Workday. Um, and then, of course, there's the kind of the one offs of we have a legacy system that we need to maybe push data to for ServiceNow or pull from. Um, so, yeah, so I help uh, integrate and implement those. Uh, in addition to that, um, and that's actually been my primary focus as of lately, is uh, product development, uh, specifically around Capio. Cool. Uh, could you maybe talk about a couple couple of customers that uh, you know that you've worked with? Uh, sure. For integrations or for I guess testing for for Capio. Uh, either. You know, just yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've worked with some pretty large companies, um, kind of more in the the you know the of course your usual Fortune five hundreds. That's the uh, that's the the big group. Um, ServiceNow is uh, is geared towards. So um, there's been some pretty big projects that we worked on. Um, let's see, for maybe maybe user information, uh, we had a pretty heavy requirement from a customer that needed to have uh, uh, real time user data and configuration. Um, pushed into the instance, uh, we helped out there, which was a, a, a pretty heavy customization. Um, you know, they had uh, kind of arbitrary payloads. You know, not even structured XML. 
Um, that was definitely a beast, but we were able to get that done. Um, and surprisingly real time and very, very fast and efficient. Um, so that's definitely a feather in, uh, in my cap because <laughs> that was, uh, something that we thought very early on that was really pushing the bounds of the platform. But, you know, fortunately ServiceNow made it very easy for us to get that done. That's great. Um, in terms of Capio, uh, I mean, where are you guys at with, uh, with your rollout? Uh, we are out in production. Um, we have a partner in Florida that's actually using the application now. Um, and I, you know, from some of the, uh, the, the feedback that we've given, uh, or we've been given, it's, it's actually been pretty fantastic. Um, a lot of new, uh, features are coming from that and yeah, those are actually going to be rolling out here in the near future. Um, so yeah, this is, this is ready for production. This is ready for organizations to start adopting and uh, getting automation into their into their um, companies. Cool. So you know, maybe just kind of give us uh, give us the overview on kind of you know why you built Cap Capio. I mean, you know, what you saw or saw or didn't see, <laughs> you know, out in the market. Um, you know, sort of uh, you know why you built it, and then just maybe an overview, a high level overview of Capio. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, yeah. So, Capio is uh, honestly, I guess, kind of the uh, the result of a, a lot of years of frustration with um, you know late night phone calls of something being broken in production or uh, releases needing to be rolled back um, for for fairly obvious things that could have been caught early. Um, so, so what we did is we went through kind of that natural progression that happens, which is okay, we are now a gigantic ServiceNow implementation and it takes us three weeks to do a regression. Uh, that, 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 that Then you end up going through, okay, let's fix it with process. How about we stagger uh, our QA and our QA gets three weeks and our devs do three weeks and then we hand off and so on. And either way, you end up with crazy release cycles. So eventually get to automation. How can we make it faster? Um, and unfortunately, a lot of those end up as uh, proofs of concepts that just kind of collect dust somewhere within your organization. Um, you know, that folks will go through, poke around with Selenium, um, get a couple of tests automated, and uh, inevitably, you know, a release comes up, um, uh, an upgrade for ServiceNow. And, you know, ServiceNow is uh, always doing, um, always making changes and always finding better ways to do things, uh, which of course means that uh, you may actually have some brittle tests. Um, so that's, that, that, that's inevitably, uh, uh, an obstacle that people, uh, run into. So taking all of that experience, we try to figure out how can we make it better? How can we alleviate those issues? And that's where Capio came from. Um, and Capio itself is, uh, an automated functional testing solution. And what that means is we provide a solution and a product that allows people to um, author automated tests, but author automated tests where you can create them and you can kind of, in a way, forget about them. You know, you keep running them, but you don't necessarily have to do a lot of ongoing maintenance. Um, However, your tests function in, you know, Fuji or Geneva, um, you can have that expectation that it does the exact same thing in Helsinki um, and Istanbul. And then the, the feature releases we have. Um, so really, it's all about kind of uh, making that learning curve uh, as flat as possible and getting automation, um, you know, used within your uh, your organization and your group. Awesome, yeah, yeah. We're we're all about automation, so um, that uh, that makes a lot of sense. So so you know, let's let's shift gears a little bit. Um, 
you know, I'm going to pass it over to Dave and, and Dave's really going to, you know, ask you questions, I guess, and, and have a conversation around more from the perspective of, uh, of a QA team at a ServiceNow customer and try to, you know, just kind of bring out some of the, the, the kind of the major features and kind of how Capio works. So, uh, so Dave, it's all yours, man. All right. Thanks, Martin. So just a, a tiny bit of background. You know, one of the reasons why I care about this is, you know, I came to ServiceNow as a full stack developer and, you know, I spent a decade or more getting myself to being, uh, to being, uh, dissatisfied writing code unless I started with a failing test case, right? So I, I bit the test-driven development, uh, you know, I drank from that trough a long time ago. And uh, when I came to ServiceNow, kind of the, the the fact that you couldn't do that has always been sort of a sore spot for me. So kind of the same thing that you were talking about, Roger, has always, you know, always been kind of what, this is why what, this has always been my some of my dream projects is, is getting things automated. And mm -hmm. I'm currently working on uh, Thursday of CreatorCon, I will have an automated testing session. And so, so I've been neck deep in these, these issues. <laughs> so this is very timely for me. <laughs> so, so now you already mentioned that it's a, that, that Capio is a functional testing. So you're essentially, you're testing by loading the, the, the final page and, and kind of asserting on, uh, you know, contents of the page. Uh, so, so tell us a little bit about how, um, uh, given you've got a developer or a customer that's out there doing development work, how are, how can they, uh, get their hands on Capio and kind of find out if it's a good fit for their organization. Sure. Um, so typically what we do is um, just jump on a quick call, have kind of a discussion to see if uh, Capio would be a good fit for them. Um, it's kind of nice to be able to hear what kind of use cases they have in mind. Uh, what are the pain points that they're currently experiencing with testing? Um, sometimes it's as simple as it takes too long. Um, sometimes it's a little more complex of we have no reliable way to be able to validate this. Um, so yeah, so we, we go through kind of make sure that it's, uh, Capio could be a good fit. Um, and then we'll give them a quick overview of Capio itself, kind of walk through a demo. Um, and once that's done, if, uh, if it feels like a good fit and they want to go ahead and maybe kick the tires a little bit, uh, we go ahead and give them a demo instance for them to be able to uh, start writing some scripts, maybe against a, a base instance. Um, and yeah, they, they can then be a little more hands-on with it, see if, uh, yeah, if it would be a good fit and um, uh, something they could see getting adopted within their organization. So, so when they're doing that ev evaluation, kind of what, uh, so, so uh, what pieces kind of need to exist in the architecture of this? Do they need to install things on their instance or do they just need to configure an external instance? Like what's the, what's the first steps that they take? Mm -hmm. uh, so to get Capio uh, set up, we first need to deploy the Capio code um, into the instance itself. Mm -hmm. Since they'll actually be authoring the tests within the ServiceNow UI, that's definitely a critical piece. Uh, a second part of that is going to be uh, a test server. And that test server is actually where the execution of the tests occur. So uh, when we're, you know, uh, maybe when it's going through the browser and making modifications to forms, things like that, that happens off instance. Um, and we help... Uh, we help them onboard that that machine um, and get it all set up. And that is uh, that is solely owned by them, or is that a, a shared uh, test server? Uh, you know, it, it's really whatever is appropriate for that group, mm -hmm. um, whatever works best for them. Um, we're definitely flexible there. Um, a lot of folks tend to may, maybe have concerns about like data sovereignty or uh, honestly just kind of ownership and security. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we we definitely facilitate them uh, deploying this within their own uh, infrastructure if that's preferred. 
And that's and so that's so the test case cases themselves live on the instance with the code. Uh, so essentially, that other instance you're talking about would be like the role of a Selenium server or something like that in in an architecture like that. It's yep. actually it goes out and pulls down the test cases from the the te the the target instance and then executes the the test cases against the target instance. That's how the yeah okay exactly yep you hit the yeah you hit the nail right on the head there and, and, um, oh I'm sorry and then basically that test server basically is the like the web client. And is uh, like acting on the DOM of the downloaded page. Is that right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, and uh, the the test get executed. You know, we we gather reporting based upon the uh, uh, results, and then we go ahead and push those back into the ServiceNow instance. Mm -hmm. Out of curiosity, is it closer to the Selenium style where you're uh, where you're attaching to an actual uh, physical process, or are you doing your own interpretation of those web pages? Uh, no, no, no. So yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it actually is based on Selenium. Okay. Um, so yeah, that, that's exactly how it would work. You're, you're dealing with, um, the browsers that you prefer. Um, so if you wanted to officially support, you know, Firefox and Chrome within your organization, you can execute those tests there. Um, there's no requirement for, you know, this to only be executable against like Phantom JS or any kind of, um, headless browsers like that. Gotcha. So um, you could, oh, I'm sorry. So you could configure it so that you had, so that essentially you ran the entire suite, you know, once per uh, target browser. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And then you'd have uh, results reported back specifically for each one of those. Okay. Well, that's, that's actually really cool. <laughs> I didn't know it did that. I'm, I'm learning more and more as we go along. <laughs> so, um, so when you're doing this, do, do, uh, so you're going to need, uh, you've got code that gets installed on the instance. Um, do you need uh, like to be in a special group? I'm presuming you there are roles that associate like who can author tests that would mm -hmm. would have to be granted. Sure, sure. And there's just a um, a Capio role, a Capio author, I believe was the name of mm -hmm. it. Um, uh, yeah, that that role would give them access to uh, the the test suites as well as the ability to author and execute. So, so basically there's one set of, so basically there's, there's not like a, there's not like tiers of it. There's not an ad, like a Capio admin versus a executor versus an author. It's you're basically in the tent or you're not in the tent. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. Right, and, right. and once you, once you're in the tent, you could write a test case. You can kick off uh, a, a test or a suite of tests. Yep. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And if that was, um, you know, granularity. Um, if that was something that would, yeah, you know, maybe if you wanted to maybe segment your users uh, between, like you had mentioned, executors and test writers, um, you could do that. That might make it a little bit difficult to actually author, um, considering, mm -hmm. you know, you'll, you'll want to, to run these a few times before uh, officially making it part of a suite. Um, but yeah, you know, granularity is, fortunately, ServiceNow is really great about that. So uh, implementing that would be pretty straightforward. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't make sense to have it the one way where you were an author without execute, but I could see depending on the organization, I could see the case where you would want an executor that couldn't author. You know, right, right. That, that could actually make some sense to me. Yeah, definitely. Those those read only. Um and uh there actually is a, a couple of different places where we have the, the you know, the data sets are kind of split uh, essentially between you know, you have your test repository and then you have your, um, your test reports. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, if we wanted to split that a little bit more, we realistically could just give them access to execute as well as, uh, only to the, te the, the resulting test reports. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about, 
um, like how you write the test cases and, and kind of what format, like what do you, wh wh when you sit down to write your first test case, what are you writing it in? Like where on the instance and then like what kind of language are you using to, to specify the test and the assertions? Sure. So, um, so the actual authoring of the test occur within the ServiceNow platform. Um, and I would kind of equate it to uh, authoring a business rule. Um, you know, mm -hmm. we put a lot of effort into uh, making it as, as, as familiar <laughs> as possible, um, you know, and very similar to any kind of uh, JavaScript uh, authoring and scripting you would have elsewhere in the platform. Uh, it is JavaScript, you know, kind of peeking under the hood, um, it, underlying it's a, a Node.js implementation. Uh, but we put a lot of effort into making sure that, you know, it actually looks asynchronous, similar to what you, uh, again, what you would deal with inside of um, uh, a business rule. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no need to uh, deal with callbacks or promises or anything like that. We abstract all of that away uh, just, again, to kind of help the uh, help reduce that learning curve. Um, so, yeah. So in, in the end, it would be on the service no instance and uh, JavaScript within the uh, Capio application. And do you have so do you have a set of APIs that are specific to Capio, uh, you know, for doing the assertions or would that be in some kind of uh, common type framework? Uh, that's actually exposed uh, within the scripting, but we are using a very common one. Uh, it, that's a Chai.js, you know, Chai is the, the beverage. Mm hmm. Um, they have a lot of flexibility there, and we support all of them. Um, you can write yours in more of a traditional expect and exert. Um, but what we've seen is a lot of folks are starting to prefer the uh, the should syntax. Mm -hmm. um, so you'll see things like, let's say we loaded a variable with a, a priority that we calculated. We can go ahead and do, you know, priority should be equal to three or two or whatever that value may be. Uh, so, so does that... I, I'm assuming that kind of the rationale for that is so that uh, you could have less technical people writing the cases. Is that is that where you're heading with that? Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, the, the the syntax itself, regardless of which one you use, um, it kind of feels like a, I guess, like a lather, rinse, repeat, almost like a copy paste. Mm -hmm. um, so ideally, you know, it becomes straightforward for folks. You know, you do a couple, and now you, um, you know, you're you're a master at it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, absolutely, it's it, it's more of how can we, you know, what what uh, what framework was the most expressive, like almost as if it was uh, you speaking through what you would like to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you throw your hands up and kind of say, okay, this should be three. Okay, we'll just do that. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> right. validation so. yeah yeah i've definitely been in organizations where uh you know where the qa team um you know did a lot of punching of buttons and it always uh, bugged me because i always thought a better role for them would be to be authoring sets of reusable tests right because mm -hmm. you press a button and the, that lasts exactly you know one second and you're gonna have to do it again the next time and yeah. you you take the, the five minutes and write a test case and it's durable and then it'll live on every time mm -hmm. but like it, even better than that is you know if the you know the business analyst who's writing the requ requirement can also write their test case yes yeah. such that any code, and I don't care what the code looks like, but if the code fulfills this test case, it is by definition done. That to me has sure. always seemed like uh, an extremely uh, sensible way to approach it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and that's basically what we were trying to do is, and that's something we continue to do, is figure out, okay, how can you do things once and then not have to do it again? Um, so when we created 
uh, Capio, we, we, you know, we ourselves are admins and developers. So that was the persona we had in mind when we did it. Um, so that's why you see the, the, the introduction of it being scripting. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, one of the things we've seen is as we've gone through and, you know, talked with organizations and, you know, done these demos, gotten feedback, um, we've, you know, we've seen that we, you know, uh, BAs, you know, business analysts, um, project managers are actually pretty involved in the testing process. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of groups, maybe short staff on QA. Um, so, you know, people wear a lot of different hats. Um, so that's one thing that we're trying to address, um, is those different personas. Um, so one of the things we have on the roadmap, which we should have done, um, by June, 2016. So here in the next month, um, or the next, yeah, about the next month, um, is recording. So there's a browser extension that we're working on specifically for Capio, where you can go ahead and jump into your instance, um, hit record and start navigating through, maybe manipulating a few forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you hit stop, it actually generates the Capio script for you. So you can just go ahead and copy and paste that into a, a test case. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you know, do it once and uh, copy paste and you're all set. You know, you have a test case that um, you, you actually didn't have to script up. Um, you know, you, you, you just basically did exactly what you used to run it through a manual test, but you're actually coding now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do have some experience kind of in re- replaying, uh, you know, recording and replaying, you know, for in the context of load testing on ServiceNow. And mm-hmm. uh, so ServiceNow is kind of by nature uh, a tricky thing to do. When you do that and you have those recorded test cases, can is it possible to parameterize that? Or so how do you avoid replaying, uh, like how do you avoid uh, the problem where you get like the identical stuff with the identical, you know, you know how do you, how do you, do you have the ability to kind of, uh, make some of those things vary when you're doing the test case? Mm-hmm. Or- um, you know, you can always uh, make the edits to the the, the client itself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of the quick answer to that. Um, even though it may have been generated in that fashion, you can always uh, uh, make changes to those those test cases as you would like. Um, that's one thing that we are that we do have on the roadmap that we are kind of trying to wrap our heads around, which is exactly what you're talking about. Which would be, uh, how can I, in a way, offer uh, templated test cases, right? Um, where you can say things like um, that you, maybe something similar, like a, a jelly syntax, mm-hmm. where you know you use brackets, and that kind of becomes more of a templated language, and you can feed in different data sets. You know, based, exactly what you're talking about, reusing that test case, but also uh, making it dynamic enough where you can, uh, you know, at runtime, send in different values that right. you would like to get validated. Um, that's something we have on the roadmap. Um, no, yeah, unfortunately, no plans just yet as far as when it's going to be released. But that's that's definitely a future that we find to, to be, um, yeah, definitely critical to make this, um, a, you know, a really flexible uh, automated solution. Right. I mean, like the classic example that would be like, say your test, uh, you know, creates an incident and then walks it through the flow, right? And just takes it through every step of that. And if you record that, essentially, you have the hard coded sys ID, which was that that particular record, which is not what you want to be. You don't want to be acting on the same record every time, right? You want to be acting on the newly created one. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so templating it, you know, so, so that uh, you now have a variable, which is return me the sys ID of the newly created record. And then that's what we're acting on for the rest of the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So um, the dynamic one, yeah, that's definitely more in the advanced phase. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are power, power users. 
um, you know, gurus at that point. Uh, what you're kind of uh, speaking to, those use cases we actually can support. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things we've recently added in is um, the best way I could describe it is basically context within a suite. Um, actually, Scratchpad. Um, basic, you know, within workflows, you have the ability to maintain a scratch pad that you can use, uh, maybe in other steps of your workflow, um, uh, or in, uh, other scripts within the application. That's basically functionality you can have within a test suite as well is basically a scratch pad where let's say you created an incident. You can go ahead and save that temporarily to the context and then make a reference to that later in another test case. Okay. So, and, and that's that, that test case exactly that you're talking about is mm-hmm. what, uh, what came of that. Um, right. Because ultimately, you want to create an incident and then go back into that incident and maybe make a few more changes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so ideally, the way that yeah, ideally the way that plays out is you create your incident, uh, and when you're doing creation, go ahead and capture that number, mm-hmm. um, you know that 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 incident number, maybe load it into um, maybe just a new incident variable. It's an object you can just append to, mm-hmm. uh, and then later in another test case, yeah, just go ahead and uh, do a lookup for that incident jump onto that page and again, start doing those, uh, uh, those validations as you're, uh, uh, as you would, uh, you would like to. Mm-hmm. So then tell us a little bit. So we, we talked about who authors them and kind of how, um, as somebody who has been writing, you know, uh, Q unit <laughs> test cases for a lab, uh, much of this week, uh, it, you know, it's rare. It's actually cause for, uh, popping champagne when your test case does exactly what you want the very first time you do it. So, um, I, the, um, Tell us about how uh, a newly authored test case, how do you kind of verify that? How do you kick it off? How do you, you know, how can you debug it if necessary? Sure. Uh, so the easiest thing to do would be to just go ahead and associate your, your kind of work in progress with uh, uh, a temporary test package. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're working on new functionality. Um, just go ahead and create a test package that has the suite that you're working on and go ahead and associate it with that one. Uh, just so you can execute that one any number of times. Um, and you're not necessarily... Um, you know, filling up the uh, the the reporting for um, uh, a bigger test package with kind of your you know your proofs out and your tests. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once you're done with that one, uh, the suite can stay there. You do you you can now you know once you're finished, you just associate that suite with maybe your I don't know your your regression or your test package. You know, you can associate a suite with any number of test packages. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, well, you know, once you're done, just go ahead and associate it there. But while you're doing your testing, um, you can go ahead and execute those tests. And you'll get the the same feedback you would for you know the the larger subsets that you would have. Um, so you'll get the expected in the actuals. So you know the the one that I tend to bring up is like priority calculated values. Mm-hmm. Um, if you expected it to be a three, but it came back as a two, we tell you that. Right. Um, in addition to that, we uh, we take a screenshot of the uh, of the current state of the browser uh, when that test fails. So that should offer, you know, pictures worth a thousand words. So uh, that should give you the ability to kind of see, okay, what was going on in the browser? Oh, yeah, that, that's obvious. Um, an error message came up or a success message came up that shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, those, those together should be able to get you uh, a good portion of the way there. So I like that feature. So, so if you were looking at the reports, uh, you can kind of drill into the failure cases and actually look at the, look at the browser screen of what failed. Yep, Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely critical. You know, since these are running off instance, mm-hmm. um, I yeah, you know, we can give you your expected and actuals, but um, 
that's not necessarily as descriptive. You know, being able to see it is a totally different story. So mm-hmm. that was definitely critical for us. So where do these reports live? Are they on instance or are they, in the, are they all, you know, where do, where do the re- reports and the results end up? Right. Those do, um, those do get pushed back into service now. So within your test packages, um, your test packages are uh, basically a container for your suites. Mm-hmm. So when you go to execute them, those actually get associated with the test package. Um, and those stay there as long as you want. You know, mm-hmm. we know folks have um, compliance requirements necessary for for you know proving that you actually excuse me proving that you actually ran your tests mm-hmm. uh, and what were the results. So yeah, those those stick around. You can go back and historically see if you've been um, if you've had passes or failures. Um, you can even drill down specifically into a uh, a particular test case and kind of see the history of that one. Um, you know, maybe you made a change recently and uh, made a change to the script itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that may be why it's failing. So, yeah, you, you do have those capabilities to do that. And the reporting has all of that available to you. All right. And I'm going to finish up with the question you always have to ask in any ServiceNow context, or it will be the first question you get, which is, tell us about <laughs> the fee structure of this and kind of does it have any impact on um, on the ServiceNow licensing? Like if you add somebody... Uh, to this test package, are they now a fulfiller that has to be licensed? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. So typically the folks who would use it, uh, those are going to very likely be your developers and admins. Mm-hmm. Um, so really the only requirement there uh, would be the individual to have uh, an ITIL license. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, you know, Capio itself, um, just like ServiceNow, it's a subscription model. Um, and we do have the uh, the cost based upon you know, how many number of production instances you have. Um, we don't really care about pre-prod. Uh, we know that, you know, large organizations are going to have a lot. Um, if, if you're lucky, individual dev environments, uh, more than likely not. But either way, um, production environments and uh, also based upon the size of your organization. Um, and it does not impact um, licensing in any other way, uh, aside from the individuals and their ITIL licenses. Okay. Well, great. Thank you very much for... Uh for answering my questions. And I think it's very, uh, it's uh, very interesting to me. So uh, I'm sure it's of interest to our listeners as well. So Martin, uh, back to you. Yeah, thanks, guys. That was, uh, it was a great discussion. I think there's a lot of great information there for our listeners. Um, so just a couple of a couple of closing points. So so Roger, um, you know, as we talked about at the top of the podcast, um, Cerna Solutions, Currently has two apps in the store, TrackMeet and Hybrid. Um, do you have any plans to to bring Capio to the store? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just as you had mentioned, yeah, TrackMeet and um, and Hybrid uh, we have out in the store, and we have uh, we absolutely plan to get a uh, to get Capio out there as well. Um, anything we can do to get these uh, you know the, this product in the hands of folks and get uh, automated testing you know, out there and in the field and actively being used. Um, absolutely. You know, all we want to do is uh, facilitate usage of right. it. Right. So. Right on. Yep. For so sure. where can, where can uh, you know, where can ServiceNow customers go today to learn more about Capio? Uh, sure. Best thing to do is just uh, head over to the uh, CERN Solutions website. Uh, within there, we actually have, uh, within the menu, you can look at all of our products, um, you know, um, uh, hybrid, track meet, as well as, uh, as Capio. Um, and from there, you know, you can reach out to us and we can go ahead and, again, set up a quick call, see if it's a good fit and uh, get a demo instance in your hands. Cool. All right. Well, I'll just close it by by saying that, as I think Dave mentioned, uh, he's going to be doing a uh, close to a two hour hands on workshop 
uh, on automated testing at CreatorCon. So if that's your thing, if that's what you do, um, that would be the place for you to be um, to get really, really in-depth, uh, you know, leading-edge training on, on automated testing and service now. We hope to see you at CreatorCon, and thanks for listening today.